When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of Aquarius from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the most amazing things about our practice of adding leaves, twigs, seed pods, and other botanical materials to our aquariums is that they can be almost relied on to perform in a fairly predictable manner in our aquariums. The same natural processes which affect the decomposition of an alder cone from Europe impact the Sterculia pod from Southeast Asia, the oak twig from North America, the jackfruit leaf from Malaysia, or the banana stem from Thailand. Colonization by biofilms, fungal growths, and the resulting decomposition which occurs are the same all over the planet. And they're the same processes which govern what happens in our aquariums. Think about that for just a second. Now, we receive a lot of questions from our community asking, what botanical is suitable for a tank intended to represent a specific environmental niche or a geographic area? Now, the answer isn't always as simple as use this leaf or whatever. The reality is more nuanced, really. We should understand that the overall idea that the way nature functions is the same regardless of what materials you're using to do the job. I know I'm being a little redundant here. However, it's a really important point, specifically for those of you who are just hell-bent on assuring yourself that every leaf, twig, and seed pod in your Southeast Asian-themed aquarium is indeed from Southeast Asia. Well, newsflash, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, unless you live in an area where, you know, in the actual area that you're trying to represent in your tank or are really dialed into a good supply of whatever botanicals are native to that region, you're going to have to use stuff that's largely representative of what comes from there. And that's just fine. Often I'll come up with an idea for the aquarium representation of a unique niche habitat, or I'll spend a lot of time researching the ecology, and more important to me, the function of the habitat before I start the project. And yeah, more often than not, I'll find that the plants, the wood, the leaves, whatever, that I really need to nail the project on a full-on, biotopic manner are simply not available, you know, available to me. And guess what? That's okay. I don't get stuck. I just don't get stressed about it. You shouldn't either. I've received a lot of emails from fellow hobbyists who are stuck because they can't find the exact plant or whatever, and then they so, you know, they dramatically change or even abandon their projects, which is a real shame. A suggestion, if I may? Look for some sort of analog. Now, sure, I can make dozens of arguments for why a serious biotope aquarium should have only stuff from a given region, but I'd be lying to myself. Practicality has to reign sometimes. You simply can't get every single leaf or seed pod that's found in any given geographic area for all sorts of reasons, which we've run into many times in this podcast. I mean, you certainly should try. That's what we do. And it's kind of a fun pastime for some of us. The reality is, though, that most of the stuff you can use in your Southeast Asia themed tank looks very similar to the actual materials found in the region, even if they're not found there. (laughs) I mean, as I've often said, I challenge virtually any judge in one of these, you know, biotope contests to determine if the decomposing guava leaf from Borneo in your Amazon themed display is really a Javier Brilliant from the Amazon region. Or isn't it? Because that's what you're representing. No one's going to know. And even more important, the same processes of nature which impact the leaves when they fall into the water in the Amazon occur in your homes in suburban Los Angeles, Paris, or Tokyo for that matter. Nature doesn't care. 
No, I want one addendum to the above. I suppose some trained botanist could look at the, you know, do a count of the uh, uh, serrations and the leaves or whatever and say, that's not a Javea brilliensis. That looks like a guava leaf. But you know what? That's one person out of a hundred. And besides, do you care? Maybe you do. Look, sure. There's subtle, you know, chemical, mineral, and other physical variations. And even the tap water in different parts of the world, which if I'm being intellectually honest, could make some difference in how things are processed. But the ecological processes which decompose leaves are the same everywhere on the planet. It's pretty remarkable when you think about it. When viewed as a whole, the macro view of a botanical style aquarium is that it challenges us to look at the big picture, to not get too caught up in any one aspect of creating or managing our aquarium, and to appreciate all of the processes by which nature does its work and making a mental shift to understand that everything we see in the aquarium is exactly what nature intends. I think we're starting to see a new emergence of a more holistic approach to aquarium keeping. A realization that we've done amazing things so far, keeping our fishes and plants in you know, a glass or acrylic box with applied technique and superior husbandry, but that there's tons of room to experiment and push the boundaries even further by understanding and applying our knowledge of what happens in the real natural environment. You're making mental shifts replicating nature in our aquariums by achieving a greater understanding of nature. The possibilities here are endless, and the potential gains in knowledge and understanding of the wild habitats and experience with replicating them in the aquarium are incalculable. What secrets will we unlock? What practices will yield benefits and advantages that we never even considered before we started doing this stuff? There's no flaws in nature's work, because nature doesn't seek to satisfy observers. It seeks to evolve and change and grow. It looks the way it does because it's the sum total of the processes which occur to foster life and evolution. We as hobbyists need to evolve and change and grow ourselves. We need to let go of our long-held beliefs about what is truly beautiful. We need to study and understand the elegant way nature does things and just why natural aquatic habitats look the way they do. To look at things in context, to understand what kinds of outside influences, pressures, and threats these habitats face. It's entirely possible to accept the appearance of biofilms, murky water, algae decomposing botanical materials, and how systems embracing them can be managed to take advantage of their benefits. You know, accepting them as supplemental food sources, nurseries for fry, or interesting little ways to impart beneficial humic substances and dissolve organics into the water. It starts by looking at nature as an overall inspiration, wondering why the aquatic habitats we're looking at appear the way they do and what processes create them. And rather than editing out the so-called undesirable, at least by mainstream aquarium hobby standard uh, elements, we embrace as many of these elements as possible and try to figure out what benefits they bring and how we can recreate them functionally in our closed aquarium systems. The different aesthetics simply come as part of the package, both in nature and in the aquarium. And the functions, well, they're the same regardless of what your aquarium looks like. Stay true to yourself, stay curious, Stay enthralled, stay brave, stay thoughtful, stay diligent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.